What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what Kyle Bierman and Matt Hensley have learned, are learning, and are sharing with you about church revitalization. And Kyle, I don't know about you, but I am ready to never hear the word COVID-19, unprecedented, pivoting, and all of those sorts of things again. But yet, that upheaval of COVID-19 did a number on our pastors and churches, uh, but they still showed themselves to be resilient. Uh, But our sponsor, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, want to help. And so they are aiming to answer the question, what does ministry look like now? Like with everything behind us, we're kind of still hanging on a little bit, but with everything we know and are learning, what does it look like now? And you can find out March 22nd through 24th at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, and where you will hear from experienced ministry leaders from all over the country that are going to gather on Seminary Hill to help you. And so we would love for you to join us March 22nd through 24th. And you can find out more at swibbits.edu slash ministry now 2022. And Dr. Kyle, non-alcoholic Beerman, I have a question for you. Okay. How are you doing? Man, I'm wonderful. And I'll tell you why. I don't care. This airs, so our, I know. Is this airs? We are. Everyone else is is here celebrating Christmas as well. So all of you Scrooges and Grinches are now finally up to where I was uh, about three and a half weeks ago. So welcome to the club uh, and Merry Christmas. And I'm sorry you missed Thanksgiving, but it's good to see you. And I am glad today to talk about what to look for in potential leaders. Okay, so we have pastored small churches, normative sized churches at Mark, uh, as Mark Clifton likes to say. But when we're in those roles, of course, we have to wear various hats. Uh, But we also know the value of getting some more leaders, volunteer leaders and so forth that can help carry the load of ministry. And I was surprised to find that his number one reason was not find the guy that just wants a title. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that shocking, right? It's shocking to me. It's shocking to me because sometimes that is what we run into. Somebody that just wants a title, uh, wants some kind of adoration for that, an acknowledgement for that. But uh, Mark Halleck, in this article that y'all shared on the NAM Replant blog, talked about four non-negotiables. So there can be some different things that we can discuss on leadership and what to look for in leaders, but these are kind of I would almost look at them as the bare minimum, right? Without these, uh, you need to run from whoever it might be for a potential leader. And uh, Kyle, this is something that we have had to walk. And those that are listening in may be walking in, especially as the new year dawns, you want to do some new things and you realize that it's time to get a few more people on board to help you carry that load. And so number one that he shares is a passion and a hunger for God, and at the same time, a deep love and care for people. And what comes to mind is they don't care how much you know until they know how much you 
care. Mark Halleck said, Jesus didn't separate these two things, and nor should we, especially as we look for godly leaders to serve God's people in the local church. So a passion and hunger for God and a deep love and care for the people. Kyle Bierman, you're the expert. Tell us why that is a non-negotiable. Well, I, th I think Mark hits it on the hits the nail on the head in that th these are the two things that Jesus addresses in the Great Commandment in Matthew twenty-two, and uh, I, I mean, if, if we're honest, sometimes ministry um, we we deal in ministry we deal with difficult people, right? Sometimes people whom are who can be difficult to love, and so if if this isn't true right out of the gate that you that you love God, right? You you have a hunger for him, but you don't have a love for people. Number one, I would say you're not correctly loving God, but number two, ministry is going to be extremely frustrating um, because ministry by definition means that we are interacting with people, caring for people, right? Now, that doesn't mean that they need to have this down perfectly. In fact, I would say I've never met a pastor who has this down perfectly, right? People can be frustrating and we all... Uh, wrestle with that, I think, at one point or another. But um, unless someone is already exhibiting a love for God and a love for people, they're probably not someone you want to place into a leadership role, right? Now, you can disciple them and help them grow in that a little bit, but but this needs to be there um, as, as a foundation uh, for sure in those that you hope to develop into leaders and actually release as leaders in your own ministry, or, or maybe even in other, in another church. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I joke often that I don't like people. Uh, I really do. I do love people. Uh, but sometimes people can tire me out. That's the perks of being an introvert. But at the same time, our love for people ultimately comes from our love for God. And, and like you said, that great commandment is there. And so we love God, we love others. And so out of that love for God, we are serving them, caring for them, and meeting their needs. Number two, a prideful, domineering heart. <laughs> Actually, the exact opposite. Yeah, the, the exact opposite of that, the a humble that. servant heart. A humble yeah. servant heart. And, uh, and so a few questions that he asked to kick that off is, is this individual eager and joyful about doing the task no one else wants to do? Are they quick and uh, able to joyfully submit to others? Do they prefer being unnoticed for service and good deeds, all of that kind of stuff? And so this kind of goes back to, you know, when, when we want that opportunity to preach or to lead or to do all of these things that do sometimes have some notice that goes with it, are we also willing to scrub toilets? Are we also willing to, to fold bulletins? Are we also willing to, you know, just set up the chairs, right? It, it really is that servant leadership side that was really just beat into our skulls at Dallas Baptist University. And I'm grateful for, for that, that if you're going to lead, you have to also be willing to, to serve. And he says, this is a huge indicator of what is going on in our heart. True humility before God and people must be a non negotiable. Kyle, once again, the expert. What do you think? Well, yeah, obviously, I mean, he's he's exactly right, um, because not all of ministry is glamorous, right? It's not all up front um, on the stage in the spotlight. Um, there's a lot of work that has to happen behind the scenes. You mentioned scrubbing toilets, and I know we throw that one out a lot, but but it's true. If the toilets aren't scrubbed, 
um, that becomes a major distraction <laughs> to people's worship, right? Um, you know, same thing with with vacuuming the the building or uh, cleaning up pews after after the worship service. Um, those, those are not glamorous tasks, and yet they're things that need to be done uh, so that uh, people can focus on worship and not be distracted when they're when they're in the building. And uh, yeah, you know, you find out a lot of uh, what's in a person's heart by what they are or are not willing to do, yeah. right? Um, you know, and if someone says, hey, I want to preach, but I'm not willing to vacuum, that we, we have an issue, right? Uh, because I'm sure as a pastor, you did all those things. I've, I've scrubbed toilets in churches. I've vacuumed, uh, you know, in the work of replanting, we talk about being resourceful generalists and doing whatever it takes um, to in ministry. And so, you know, as you hand some of those tasks off, sometimes you're not handing off the glamorous stuff, right? You're, you're handing off things that are, are time consuming. Um, and, and so, yeah, you need leaders who are servants and are willing to do where to, to do whatever it takes and meet the needs, whatever those needs are. Yeah. And, and one of the things that came to mind as you were talking about that is one Sunday when I, we, we were kicking off the service. This was before COVID. So we, we had bulletins at that moment. We, we had moved away from bulletins during COVID. So it would have been before COVID that I, I remember up on the stage during the announcements, uh, I was wrapping up the announcements about to call up the musicians and so forth, or they had made their way up to the stage. And I said, everybody hit the pause button for a second. Look at what you're holding in your hand, you know, which was the, the bulletin. Uh, I said, somebody typed that somebody, you know, folded that. Uh, somebody went to get the paper for that. As you walked in, somebody was unlocking the doors, turning on the, the heat or the air. Somebody was turning on the lights. Uh, as you went to the bathroom or went to get a cup of coffee, somebody plugged that in. Somebody cleaned that toilet. Uh, as we're about to sing, there's people up here playing a, a guitar or playing a bass or singing. Uh, as, you know, and I started pointing out all of these things up on the slides, we've got slides that don't run themselves, right? There, there are people all over that we get to see each of these people that are leading, you know, right? Our song leader or me as a preacher, but all of these other things are what ultimately makes Sunday happen. Without any of them, it's utter and total chaos. And, uh, and so I tried to highlight that to celebrate them. And, uh, and then I also remember as, as pastor, one of my favorite and kind of most cathartic things to do was right before I left the office for the week, I would go through my office, straighten everything up, make the desk look presentable, you know, after a week of sermon prep, all that kind of stuff, you know, books were kind of everywhere. I'd put everything up, make sure the NAM uh, planter calendar was was up to date, all of those kinds of things, made sure all the, the chairs were in order, all of that. And, uh, and then on Sunday, would come through and just make sure that the stage, you know, had all of the chords in line and, and nothing was looking out of place. And it was just a simple last second thing to say, we care about this space and, and we don't want anything to ultimately distract or look messy or something like that. And so none of those are huge deal breakers, but when it comes to leadership, we need to be willing to get our hands dirty and do the things that maybe people don't even notice happen in the first place, which really ties into number three, and that is a hard worker. Uh, and, and we talked about that. Ministry is hard. It, it is difficult. It takes time physically, spiritually, emotionally. There, there are pressures that we can't even put words to. And so Mark writes that if an individual is lazy or constantly making excuses versus faithfully and joyfully serving as unto the Lord, 
not only is this going to create some tension among all the other leaders, but the congregation is going to lose respect for them and simply won't follow their lead. I think back to college or seminary. Uh, Kyle, did you ever have one of those like team projects uh, that you had to do with somebody? And in, in maybe this was either you or you were that person that was doing all of the work. And, you know, you, you end up getting it and you're like, this guy won't contribute. And no. you're like, can I tattle on him? What should I do? At the end of the day, you just got to get the job done and because you don't want to fail. Uh, but man, this that creates so much tension when you don't hold up your end of the bargain. And so number three is to find a hard worker. And uh, and again, some of these should go without saying, but why does that matter, uh, Kyle? Yeah, well, you want people, first of all, that you can depend on, right? So, I mean, you, you don't need a leader who is constantly... Uh, texting you 10 minutes before something starts. Hey, I'm not going to be there tonight, right? Um, so you want someone you can depend on. You, know, you want someone that you can trust to, to get the work done and who's prepared for that. Um, at the same time, I would say that you want to make sure that as, as a pastor or, or another church leader, that you're not putting too much burden on your volunteer leaders, right? And so now um, I, I am a volunteer leader in a church, right? I pastored for nine years, was a youth music minister for years before that. And now I'm just strictly a volunteer. And that's kind of changed my perception about a couple of things. Uh, number one, you know, the, the biggest thing that Michelle and I have talked about is, is how difficult Wednesday nights are um, after working all week after, you know, kids have been in school and practice and all that. And so um, it's a sacrifice, especially nights during the week to, to be there. And that can be hard. So you don't want to place too many burdens on your folks. You know, if you're asking your folks to give up two or three nights a week, you probably need to reevaluate some things in your church um, because you're going to burn people out at that point. Right. And so you, you want them to be dependent but then you don't want to take advantage of that as well. And, and we're, we're grateful to have a church that, that understands that. So we serve one night a week. Um, and then of course on Sunday mornings and, uh, and it's a, it's a joy um, to, to be able to kind of be on the flip side of that. And, and like I said, we're getting a new perspective on what it looks like to, to serve in ministry, not it up, up front in the spotlight necessarily. Yeah, for, for sure. And, uh, and that's one of those things that we have to be careful as, as pastors uh, as we were touching on, to to remember, just statistically, there's a much smaller percentage of the church that's going to serve, and right. and so it's easy to take anybody that's going to say yes and be like, okay, then you can do the youth, you can do the sound, you can do this, you can do this. Yes, by all means, do it because we need help. And and then you wonder in in three months why they said, man, I need a, I need a break. I'm done. And, uh, and it's not because they're lazy, it's because we overextended them. So there's a tension here that we need hard working people that are willing to persevere, have count the costs, know what their schedule limitations are, and can say, yes, I can do it, and I'm going to do it, and you can count on me. People that are going to communicate when they can't, uh, and, and that sort of thing, because the last thing you want to do is like Saturday night, them saying, you know, hey, I, I, I can't teach tomorrow. You know, yeah. there's times that that happens, but if that's a right. regular occurrence, that does kind of go against the whole hardworking thing, Kyle. Yeah, and, and I would say this too. Um, I, I have some uh, train wreck stories of volunteers <laughs> and leaders, and uh, I, I won't share those, and, and I won't use names to protect the guilty, uh, but but a lot of that was on me for not selecting the right people, right? Either selecting lazy people, like you said, or someone who sometimes you get desperate and it's like, hey, you know, sure, I'll, I'll help in this area, even though they don't have the, um, the skills 
uh, necessary to do so. And, and I always thought, well, I can train this person up, right? I can, I can turn them into the volunteer that they need to be. Kind of like um, mission dating, missionary dating. Like. <laughs> to, to an extent, yeah, like, like uh, uh, leadership dating. Um, now, if you have someone available, right? So we, I, I remember a guy saying, you know, you always want to look for volunteers that are fat. And that is faithful, available, able, and teachable, right? So you're looking for some qualities. Um, if someone is not faithful, in other words, they're just flat not showing up or, or calling at the last minute. Um, if they're not available, if they if they don't possess the skill set, you're not going to be able to coach them, and that will be an extremely frustrating um, frustrating process, right? You're not going to ask someone to lead worship who cannot sing and cannot play an instrument, right? <laughs> that's that's just not something you're going to do. Um, and so you you know it's not just a come one come all and serve in any in any way possible. You are looking for people who have the the qualities the character qualities, especially the skills that you're looking for. And then, yeah, that can be coached and, and trained up in that. Yeah. Number four, a lone ranger who discourages everyone. <laughs> uh, no, once again, the exact opposite. A team player who encourages others. Uh, and so he asked some questions here again. Is this person aligned with the vision, the mission, the doctrine? the values, the other non-negotiables of, of X church, you know, whatever church it is, do they want to humbly work alongside others with one another, encouraging others that are on the team, or are they going to see that person as some kind of a threat to them building their kingdom and that sort of deal? So we really are a family. And one of the things this past Sunday that, that I preached on at uh, First Josephine is that, you know, families have disagreements, but there's a difference between, you know, having a disagreement and being disagreeable, right? You know, there's, there's people that are just not willing to work together. And that's not the person that you want to have in a leadership role. You need somebody that, yes, there's going to be disagreements just like you have with any family, but somebody that is going to work as a team and see this as a cooperative, uh, you know, co-laboring effort together. And he says a Lone Ranger is not what we're looking for in a leader. He wants a fun, loving, encouraging, humble, hardworking lover of Jesus and people. That's the kind of person that you want on a leadership team. And again, this is all very obvious, but Kyle, why does that matter? Yeah. I've, I've been in some situations where you had someone uh, that was really had kind of set up their own ministry silo, right? And this was their, this was their ministry and don't you dare touch it. Um, and it doesn't matter what else the, the church is going to do. Um, this ministry is going to happen. And, and that's just not, that, that's not operable in a larger church context, right? So if you're trying to get all your ministries on the same page, you want your ministries working um, alongside each other uh, for the ultimate goal of reaching your community with the gospel, you need everybody to be on the same page. And, and if you have someone who's not willing to do that and not willing to be a team player, um, then they're not a volunteer that you need. And, and you know, I can see some, some situations um, where it, there's collateral damage that comes typically when you have to remove a leader like that, but the long-term damage is far greater than, than the immediate collateral that might happen. And in most cases, <laughs> don't let me make that a blanket statement. In most cases, that's, that's the case. And yeah. so, you know, especially in, in a replant, you may come into a church and inherit some leaders, 
Um, and, and I'm not a, a big fan of like a midnight massacre, right? Just like, you know, tell everybody, thank you, you're dismissed. Um, and so you may have to work with some leaders that are not, um, not the people that you would pick for those roles for, for a while. But certainly is when it comes to uh, recruiting new leaders, you want to make sure that they're on board with the vision, certainly with the beliefs of the church, uh, with your doctrinal statement. Um, and, and like, I mean, like Mark said here, make sure that they're a team player, that they realize their ministry is not a little church unto itself. It, it functions with the larger context of the, of the church as a whole. Yeah. And uh, something to keep in mind here with all of these is, uh, is, is one, we're going to make mistakes. That's number two yeah. and number one. And number two is the fact that the people that we serve are going to make mistakes. Even the best leader that has all of these qualities is going to mess up. We're, we're fallen people. We have sinful nature. There's things that we're going to struggle with. Uh, but yet over the course of time, you can really find out somebody's kind of heart in the matter by when they don't get their way. When yeah. there's something that we have to do that they just don't want to do and they reveal that they're not really a team play, player or they're not really about the vision of the church. And so we have to be willing as kind of the, the chief leader, so to speak, the, the primary leader of the church to have those tough conversations, not ignore those obvious issues that are there and, and be willing to handle those very gracefully and, uh, and graciously as we really kind of work. Maybe somebody is in this particular role we find something else for them to do that maybe is allowing them to serve more as an individual, but have a key part that they can play that may not involve 10 other people, you know, something along those lines. So, so that's what it you know takes to be a leader. And those are the things that we need in the leaders, not what we need, what we have to have in the leader, everything else, Kyle, what are some, some fun things that we need in the leader? We need uh, people that, actually realize that thanksgiving is a holiday on the calendar <laughs> we can celebrate i've never we, denied that we need i'm just kidding uh kyle i love you and uh and i know this is a day after thanksgiving so i can no longer give thanks uh but i am thankful for you and i'm thankful for those that tune in to this episode into all of our episodes we're grateful for you guys hope that you had a great holiday uh with your family and are ready for the rest of the year to not just coast to the finish line, but finish strong and launch into 2022 <laughs> uh, and, uh, and have a great time doing it. And uh, so we hope we can help you along the way. And so Kyle, why don't you send us out? Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare and go watch Elf. So now you can watch the Elf. Thanks for joining us today at Not Another Baptist Podcast. We're also grateful for our sponsors, the Christian Standard Bible, who present the truth of God's Word with accuracy and clarity for today's readers, equipping them for lifelong discipleship. It's a Bible you can teach from with confidence and a Bible you can share with your neighbor hearing God's Word for the very first time. The CSB, accurate, readable, shareable. Visit csbible.com for more. What's wrong with you people?